pastors, I have a hard question for you. Is your worship tech culture toxic? Have you checked recently? Well, today I'm going to give you three examples of unhealthy worship tech culture and one example of a worship tech culture done right. Let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Thank you so much for joining me today. And today we're going to talk about worship tech culture. But before we do, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free worship workshop. It's a 45-minute video called Five Elements of a Full-Sounding Worship Team. It's a wonderful resource with step-by-step instructions on how to get a full-sounding worship team, no matter how many players you have, and it helps you know what you might be missing in any given situation. Not only is it good for the worship team, it's also really helpful for techs to know what the different elements are so they can achieve balance between those five elements and get the fullest sound possible. So again, go to blueprintsounds.com and get that free workshop. All right, without further ado, let's get to the topic. So in my work as a worship consultant over the years, I have heard some horror stories, and I want to share a couple with you because there are some commonalities I see in all the different um, ways that worship tech culture can go wrong. So here's my first one. The first one is the know-it-all worship tech. So I was talking with a worship pastor who was new to his position, and I asked him, as I often do, hey, what's the relationship between the worship tech and the worship team? And he just went off. He said, oh, man, we have a worship tech director, and he's a younger guy, and he just thinks he knows it all, and he's also lazy at the same time. For example, we are a church on the go, so we pack everything up in a closet, and you know we bring it all out every week. And one week, we had the worship team needing a monitor. I think it was a monitor put on stage um, in position so that they could hear themselves. And the worship tech and his people said, no, we can't do that. Later on, he said, I found out that it wasn't because they literally couldn't, it wasn't because they didn't have the capability, they just didn't want to get it out of the closet. They couldn't be bothered. Things got so bad that the head pastor, the head pastor, asked for a wedge monitor on stage in a certain spot because he liked to move around the stage and engage with the audience. And the tech director said, no, we can't do that. He wouldn't even serve his head pastor in the way that he needed to. That's crazy to me. I can only assume, I don't know everything about the story, but here's what my assumption is, is that this tech director was the only guy and his team was the only ones who really knew how the system worked. And that gave him a certain amount of power. And that power went to his head. He's thinking, they can't do it without me. You know, I I get stuff done. I'm the one who knows how these hookups work. I'm the one who knows how to network everything. I'm important. But he didn't have a servant's heart. He didn't have an attitude that says, I'm here to help people. He wanted to do the least amount of work and still get paid for his position. And so he would push people away and say, no, you're a problem. Go away. I don't want to help you. Even though it's the worship team who is trying to lead everybody in worship to God And the head pastor, who obviously, (laughs) that's sort of an important role in a church. So that's an example of an unhealthy worship tech who becomes predatory in the way that he deals with people. He amasses this power because of what he knows. 
I have all the knowledge, therefore I have all the power, because you can't even turn on the system without me. And then he uses it to make his life cushy, right? He doesn't do the work that he should because, well, what are you going to do? I'm your only option. That is a toxic culture through and through. There is no good that can come of it. And we'll talk about what the worship, what the lead pastor should have and could have done in just a second, but let me give you another illustration. The next tech director is one who operates out of anger and fear. So I was talking with another worship leader, again, new to his position, kind of feeling the ropes and the politics of the church. And I asked him, what's the relationship between the worship team and the worship techs? And he said, well, not good. Our worship tech is an older guy. He's actually very important to the church. You know, he's very connected, but we can't talk to him. You know, in the moments where some of the, the worship team have asked for small changes, but maybe they're later than the worship tech, the sound guy was expecting, he blows up. I can't believe, nobody told me. I can't. So he just immediately goes to rage and anger. And so it, it permeates the soundboard to the point where the worship team doesn't even ask him for changes anymore. If there's something wrong with the sound, if there's something wrong with their monitors, if they need anything, they just don't bring it up, which is exactly what he wanted, right? Again, I don't, I don't know, but this is what I can guess, is that this man is insecure in his abilities. I know that his abilities are aren't where they should be because I actually visited the soundboard, I fired it up, and I looked at the EQ curves, and they were all going in the opposite direction. He was doing all the wrong things. So clearly, he was insecure, and he was fearful a little bit about how to mix because he he clearly didn't know. But he pushed that to everybody else. So anybody that would come up to him with a question or a comment or a need from the worship team, he treated as a problem. Go away. You're in my space go up there on stage and do your job, I'll do my job. But he wasn't even doing his job. After a point, he stopped even coming to worship tech practices, where the sound guy should be to make sure that things are dialed in for Sunday morning. And so to cover up for his inadequacies and what he wasn't doing, he led through fear. He made everybody so terrified of talking to him that they left him alone, which is exactly what he wanted. The problem is, that's toxic. Not only is it toxic for the worship team, who again, are trying to minister, but the soundboard, you know, his, his empire is crumbling because nobody wants to work with him. So he has family members that work with him in the sound booth, and there's a couple of people, but it's not growing. So again, he's the only one with the power because he knows how things work, although he doesn't really know how things work very well. But he's not I don't even get the sense that he likes what he's doing, but nobody is being brought in to help or do extra stuff or take the pressure off of him. So they're stuck. Ah, let me give you a third example. This example is a little bit different in that it's not a lazy guy who thinks he knows it all, and it's not a rage machine. This guy's a nice guy. So a friend of mine is a worship pastor, and he was talking about his worship tech. His worship tech is actually knowledgeable and knows what he's doing. But he does everything. And so if there's something that needs to be done, hey, can we XYZ? He comes down from a soundboard, he does it all, and he, everybody just waits for him to go do it. No, 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 I'll do it. Well, couldn't we delegate that? No, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. So he runs around like a chicken with his head cut off, 
trying to make everything happen, and yet he's not pushing out responsibility and authority. He's not training other people nearly as much as he could be. And guess what? He eventually stepped down from that position. I can only imagine why, that he had a lot to do and got burnt out or was looking for something else and left a gaping hole in worship tech when it came to leadership because, again, nobody else knew exactly how to do what he had been doing because he had done it all. So whether it's the power-hungry guy or whether it's the guy that just has a servant heart but is doing everything and is doing too much, you wind up with the same thing. You wind up with this consolidation of power behind the soundboard because this guy is the only one who knows how things work and everybody else is afraid to ask for changes, or you wind up with nobody else knowing what's going on if that guy was to miss a Sunday. None of that is the right way to work. But let me tell you a story about somebody I know who does it the right way. So this guy knows his stuff. He's world-class. He's been on tour. He's worked with big names. He knows everything there is to know about how to do live sound, but not only live sound, how the interconnectedness, all the networking, because things are very computery right now with live sound. He knows all of it. And yet he's not insecure. He is totally secure in himself as a tech. He understands what he's doing. But he doesn't try and do everything. He doesn't lead from fear. And he's not a know-it-all. He has intentionally, very methodically over the years, looked at the middle school, that you know, the, the young kids that are coming up, because they, they're a large church and they have multiple um, venues where live sound is happening. He looks at the middle schoolers and looks for who has that kind of a techie mind. And he brings them step by step by step into his team. He trains them. He gives them what they need. He starts to push them out of the nest, like, okay, you can do more. You can have more responsibility. Now, it's to the point where they are really good techs in their own right. You know, four, five, six years later, they're actually working in the tech industry, and it's all because of this guy. He has a fathering anointing, and he has the technical skills to know how to bring somebody from knowing nothing to a professional that's worth hiring out to a church. That's a completely different mindset because he views the soundboard as a tool for training leaders. That's really what he does because he is a consummate father. He's not a problem person. He's not something, he's not someone that views people like problems. He views it as a growth opportunity. So pastors, what do you do? I understand that you might not be a techie person. You might not know which end of the microphone to use. And oftentimes that makes the pastor hesitant to to say anything about the worship tech and how he or she is working. Because really, this unfortunately, this is what happens. If you as the pastor start to think of the soundboard as a problem, then anybody who can fix it is fair game. You're like, okay, well, you can make the the sound come on on Sunday morning. You're hired. You get the job. Irrespective of whether or not that person has any relational or pastoral skills. Because guess what? Oftentimes, the people and the guys who are really good with things are not very good with people. So it's a, it's, it is a rare person who can do both. And you hang on to that person when you find that person who understands things and is good with people. 
But the problem with pastors is because they may not understand those things, they don't want to, it's not part of their job, they want to hand it off to somebody and, hey, go do your job, that they put down the pastor's responsibility to care for the culture of nurturing young people or whoever it is to train them up and grow a department rather than just make it happen from Sunday to Sunday. Pastors, that is your job to make sure that everybody is being a nurturer, is every, everybody is being a father, not just an employee getting things done. Because in all three of those cases that I, that I talked to you about, whether it was the know-it-all, whether it was the rage machine, or whether it was the servant that just couldn't get out of his own way and train anybody else to do his, his job, it resulted in a low joy environment for both the techs and the worship team. And why is that important? Why can't everybody just show up on Sunday and do their job, whether or not they like people? Well, for one, everybody is expected to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, and you don't get a pass just because you're a sound guy. Number two, those two positions, worship team and tech team, they touch your congregation every week. And who else other than the head pastor can say that they touch the congregation in that way every single week? It's really important that you have healthy departments in general, but a healthy worship team and a healthy tech team. So if you just leave it off to the side, you're like, well, okay, you know, it's, it's not the best, but what else are we going to do? You're shooting yourself in the foot. It will implode on you and you will have to pick up the pieces and it will become your problem. But... Well-trained people who serve with joy go much farther, they last much longer, it's much more sustainable to have a healthy church culture than it is to have a toxic church culture that you suffer through from three to five years, and then it finally blows up on you, and then where are you? You have nobody. So, this is my admonition to pastors. No, you may not understand tech. Understandable. That's okay. But you do, I hope, as a head pastor, understand people and understand relationships. And if you're seeing things in your worship tech culture that are toxic, you have to take care of them right now. Even if that meant that you had to find somebody else or you had to have hard conversations or if something, God forbid, went wrong on a Sunday, you have to decide that the relationships are more important than just getting the faders up on Sunday, that you're going to take care of your people above taking care of your outcome, which is, did Sunday go well? Did my mic turn on? That sort of thing. That begins and ends with the pastor. Obviously, we would love to find a worship tech director who is both relational and technical, but it's the pastor's job to make sure that those relationships are healthy and take care of the people under his care. Hey, I hope that video helps you. Every church deserves a worship tech team culture that is healthy like the last one I described. So I hope that you can work toward that end. Again, go to blueprintsounds.com to get my free training, Five Elements of a Full Sounding Worship Team. And until next time, God bless and goodbye.